What's good, everybody? This is Keep It Real 365 with your host, the creative king, Jordan Turner, man. This is Wednesday, July 21st, 2021. AEW officially is in the wraps for Fighter Fest Night 2. Let's talk about it along with the very developing story involving CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. With your host, Jordan Turner, who's always going to keep it real. Come on, King. Inside and outside the ring. Let me make myself clear. He's got the band behind him, King. It's time to take over, King. Are you ready? He's all fired up now, King. Take over. Let's go. Welcome, everybody, back to the podcast. Keep it real, 365. We got a lot to get into tonight, you ladies and gentlemen. But before I review what happened on AEW Dynamite Fighter Fest Night 2, I want to quickly say, please go follow and subscribe to Keep It Real 365 on all podcast platforms. It would really mean a lot. Um, follow me on social media. Follow me on Twitter at JT Takeover. And of course, follow me in the podcast on Instagram. At Keep It Real 365 Dash. A continued shout out to everybody that is following me in the podcast on Instagram. We're killing it. The family's growing slowly but surely. And I can't thank you guys enough. Without you guys, I really wouldn't be here right now. So I really appreciate the continued love and support. Like I said, I'm a small podcast, but 2021, man, I want to try to make it big time and for years to come. Now, you know, we always keep it real 365 days a year when we talk professional wrestling right here on the podcast. It's a little slogan that I came up with. And um, I'm going to keep it real in terms of talking about AEW Dynamite Fighter Fest Night 2. But before I talk about that, I know you guys are wondering my opinion on the breaking news, the developing breaking news that is really taking the wrestling business, the wrestling community, you know, it's taking it by storm. Y'all know what the fuck I'm talking about. I am talking about Daniel Bryan. <laughs> this is a real thing. This is nuts. So I'm just going to give you guys my quick, you know, opinion on the situation involving Daniel Bryan and CM Punk very quickly because tomorrow I am going to be, you know, debuting the series Hot Topics and Professional Wrestling. We're going to continue that series. But instead of having it be on Fridays, it is going to be on Thursdays moving forward. That is due to me coming back and reviewing Friday Night SmackDown on a consistent basis. I told you guys I'm going to be coming back for Monday Night Raw, and I did. If you guys have not checked that out, please go and do that on all podcast platforms. Now, Friday Night SmackDown, I'm coming back tomorrow. It's a big show. I can't wait to cover that. But tonight is AEW. CM Punk, Daniel Bryan. Apparently, Daniel Bryan has rumored, already signed a contract to All Elite Wrestling. CM Punk is rumored to be talking with Tony Khan and AEW. 
This is all I'm going to say about it. And then tomorrow I'm going to go really in depth about the two topics. All I'm going to say is this. WWE, Vince McMahon, look out. Look out. And uh, that, you know, promo that Vince McMahon cut before the Attitude Era started, you're going to have to cut that same promo to your employees because this shit's about to take the fuck off. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Listen, this is a big deal. Okay? I won't believe it until I see it. That's kind of my thing here. But the rumors are swirling. It's hot. It's getting hot in here right now. You feel me? In the wrestling community. In the wrestling business. It's getting hot. Involving the CM Punk and Daniel Bryan conversation. AEW's coming. AEW is a serious threat. Vince McMahon better take notes, man. That's all I'm going to say. I'll go in depth tomorrow on Hot Topics number 39. Let's talk about AEW Dynamite Fighter Fest Night 2, which I actually thought was a pretty damn good show. You know, some mistakes here and there, but overall, I really enjoyed Fighter Fest Night 2. Now, AEW is on a, they're on a roll right now, man, in terms of it being the news and just the overall, you know, promotion in general. They're really doing a great job. I got the results here for you guys. Um, you guys know I'm going to keep it 100 with you guys. I'm going to keep it real in terms of my views and opinions on what I thought on the show, match by match, segment by segment. So let's get the show on the road, man. So we kicked off immediately with the opening contest with MJF stipulation match as it was Chris Jericho versus Sean Spears with Tully Blanchard by ringside. So Sean Spears can use a steel chair and Jericho cannot. FYI, guys, I got my notes here and uh, pretty long. So please stick with me. I'm going to go by note by note, like I said, and segment by segment. So MJF joins the commentary team for the first time of the evening Jericho is trying to avoid a chair shot from Spears, and Jericho gets multiple punches in on Sean Spears in the beginning of the contest. Jericho has a chair to AEW referee Aubrey Edwards, one of the best referees in the business. Shout out to Aubrey Edwards, man. The action goes to the outside as Jericho sends Spears to the barricade outside. I want to comment on Chris Jericho real quick. Chris Jericho's theme song, I personally believe, is one of the best theme songs in all of professional wrestling. Every time this man comes out, I'm singing it at home. I know you guys are also singing it at home as well. Those fans that are in the arena are always singing it. It's just a great vibe when Chris Jericho's theme song hits. It feels very fun to sing that theme song. One of the best in pro wrestling. So, continuing on into the match. Jericho takes the camera from the cameraman at ringside and begins filming the crowd along with Sean Spears. The crowd is chanting for Jericho. Spears gets another chair as Jericho goes for a springboard. However, Spears throws the chair at Jericho as Jericho was attempting the move. And it knocks him right down to the ring. Jericho is starting to mount a comeback and hits Spear with an insiguri. I thought the insiguri was, you know, it was all right for what it is. I know Jericho, you know, it's kind of a little chunky a little bit here and there, but man, he could still go. So shout out to Jericho. Much love. So Sean Spears is back up and hits Jericho with a suplex. Spears is working on the arm of Jericho. Then Spears now hits Jericho with the chair. As Jericho hits Spears with multiple shoulder tackles as he comes back, 
following those chair shots. The crowd is, as they hit Spears, with an avalanche. And after that, we get a flurry of strong strikes on Sean Spears from Chris Jericho. Towards the end of the match here, we see Spears now hits Jericho with another chair and goes for another pinfall. But Jericho stops him and puts Jericho in the walls of Jericho. Jericho puts his own, he's in his own little move there by Sean Spears. Sean Spears taking out the pin and everything like that. After that, Sean Spears taps out, but Tully Blanchard distracts. He distracts the referee, but Sammy Guevara, one of the best in AEW, shout out to Sammy Guevara. He comes out and stops Tully as the crowd pops heavy for Sammy Guevara. However, Jericho kicks out at the last second. Spears goes for another C4 and gets out of it, and instead, just Chris Jericho hits the Judas effect. Jericho goes for the pin, but Spears gets the win instead. MJF then tells Jericho that next week he will fight Nick Cage in a no-DQ match. So the winner is Chris Jericho. He defeats Sean Spears. Nick Cage, the psycho motherfucker. Have you ever watched CZW? If you haven't, don't watch it. It is extremely gruesome. If you're not checked out Dark Side of the Ring with Nick Cage. If you guys are not into the hardcore wrestling stuff, please don't check that out. But if you guys are at least interested, go check that out. It is horrifying. I checked it out. I cringed at some of the things that I was seeing on my television. But it's very informative. And Nick Cage came out. You know, the crowd popped. But at the same time, the crowd kind of looked like, who is this guy? The only people that popped, in my opinion, were the people that are hardcore fans. You know, I know casual viewers go to AEW events as well. And the hardcore fans really popped heavy for Nick Cage. It was great to see him. Seeing AEW full time, is this a one-off? Because next week, Chris Jericho is facing Nick Cage in a no-DQ contest. So that should be very interesting. I am scared for Chris Jericho's life. Literally, because Nick Cage is a fucking psycho. Next up, we get a promo from Miro, the TNT champion, stating that he will defend the TNT championship at AEW Homecoming on August 4th. But unfortunately, they did not announce who he would be facing. That's interesting. I'm not sure who's he going to be facing. It's a good question. I'm, You know, when I heard this on my television, I, I was watching the promo. You know, not a lot of names really came up to mind in terms of someone facing Miro. You know, you could do Cody Rhodes versus Miro. You can do Pac versus Miro. You can do Pentagon versus Miro. I would say... Andrade El Idolo. I'll talk about him in a little bit. But he's tied in with the triangle. And um, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to face Miro at all. So I'm thinking about it. And I really don't have an opponent for Miro. So it's going to be very interesting to see who AEW comes up with to take on Miro at AEW Homecoming. Next up, second match of the night. Frankie Kazarian. Goes one-on-one with Dark Gallows with Carl Anderson ringside. 
I want to say congratulations to Gar Gallows and Carl Anderson for becoming the new Impact World Tag Team Champions at Slammiversary. If you guys have not checked out my full-length podcast review of Impact Wrestling Slammiversary this past Saturday, please go do so. It was a great show, and I really enjoyed what I you know presented on the podcast. So please go check that out. So Frankie Gazarian immediately... As the bell rings, he goes right in at Gallows. Once the bell rings, Gallows gets uh, most of the offense in. Right away, Gallows sends Kazarian to the outside. He then gets distracted by the referee, and Carl Anderson delivers a big clothesline to the outside to Kazarian. We head outside of the first pitcher-in-pitcher commercial break with Gallows in complete control. So as the pitcher-in-pitcher is rolling, Dark Gallows is in control of Frankie Kazarian. So we turn from commercial break, and Kazarian gets some offense in. He delivers a big back body drop to Luke Gallows. Anderson distracts Kazarian, and Gallows finishes it with the sit-down powerbomb as he pretty much gets the pin on Frankie Kazarian. After the match, the Good Brothers hit the Magic Killer. We then get Don Callis and Impact World Champion, AEW World Champion, Triple A world champion Kenny Omega, the five star bout machine, Mr. Triple H 2002 version. Kenny Omega, he comes out and he cuts a promo. And we see um, Callis says that what will happen is when you mess with the elite and the elite hunter, Adam Page, he then comes out as the crowd erupts. For Hangman Page. That is your Daniel Bryan of the AEW roster. Hangman Adam Page. This guy's over. He really is. And he does need to be the guy to defeat Kenny Omega at AEW All Out. Except if CM Punk comes out. I'm going to continue. But Adam Page realistically needs to beat him. So we see he gets in the ring. Callis tells him that he is outnumbered. Callus asked him if he was dumb or stupid as Page then starts throwing punches and the Dark Order then comes out and makes the save after Gallows and Anderson begin on beating down Page. Looks like we're going to be in a taxi match. Um, that's what it looks like, so we'll see what happens. And um, yeah, so Dark Gallus wins and um, we'll see what happens involving Impact Wrestling being more involved in AEW. So Willie Uter with Orange Cassidy versus Darby Allen with Sting. Darby Allen is absolutely incredible. Darby Allen, you know, people might disagree with what I'm about to say. That's all right. We all, you know, cannot agree on everything. But I personally believe that Darby Allen is going to at least one time hold the AEW World Championship. He's got to hold that title at least one time. You know, you got a couple versions of Daniel Bryan in AEW. You got Sammy Guevara. You got, even though he could play a great heel, you got Sammy Guevara. You have Hangman Adam Page. And you got Darby Allin. Darby Allen is over. 
a vanilla midget, whatever you want to call Darby Allen, use that pathetic excuse to describe Darby Allen. You know, I don't want to hear that shit. You know what I mean? People called Shawn Michaels a vanilla midget. People called Chris Jericho a vanilla midget. People called Eddie Guerrero a vanilla midget. People called Johnny Gargano and Daniel Bryan and Tommaso Ciampa vanilla midgets. Look at Shawn Michaels. Look at Eddie Guerrero. People even called AJ Styles a vanilla midget even when he was in TNA and when he came into the WWE. Oh, this guy's not going to be in world champion contention. Motherfucker, you look ridiculous because he proved every one of those haters wrong. Everybody that I just named proved every hater wrong, either when they won the NXT title, the WWE title, or the World Heavyweight Championship, or the TNA World Championship. It doesn't matter. Size doesn't matter anymore in professional wrestling. Longer gone of the Batistas, of the John Cena's, the Roman Reigns. They're gone. They're not here anymore. And when they are here, they're a rare breed in this business. Brock Lesnar is a rare breed. You don't get any Brock Lesnar's in the business anymore. Majority of the time, they look like AJ Styles. They look like Seth Rollins. They look like Shawn Michaels. Longer gone are the big men of this business, man. So when you find one, it's rare. So cut the shit out with the fucking vanilla midget shit. Because I heard that too with Adam Cole. I want to mention that. Cut the shit with the vanilla midget comment. Because, you know, that doesn't really make you guys really intelligent. I'm talking to the people that, you know, say those things. Why do you guys say those things? I feel like when you say things like that, that's an easy get. You know? Darby Allen, I'm telling you, this guy's going to be AEW world champion. Do you not hear the reactions that this man gets? Right now, it's not Darby Allen's time. It's not his time right now. You'll know when it's his time. At the moment, it's Hangman Adam Page's time right now. He will be AEW world champion. I know Punk and Brian are rumored. You got to stick to the plan in place right now. It's Adam Hangman Page and Kenny Omega at AEW all out. Period. It's what you got to do. So cut the shit with the vanilla midget comment. So next up, like I said, Wheeler and Uter with Orange Cassidy, Darby Allen with Sting. So Wheeler Uter, I don't really know who this guy really is. So I was pretty impressed to an extent of what I seen from him. So we see he and Darby Allen begin with the tie-up. Allen takes down Uter with a crucif pin attempt. Uh, Uter gets out of it, and Uter is then backed up as he gets a lot of offense in on Darby Allen. Uter then tosses Allen onto the top rope, and Allen slings back and comes back at Uter. And Uter catches him and slams him down. Uter now has Allen in the octopus hold. However... Allen reaches the ropes, and Euler hits a German suplex and goes for the pin. However, Allen kicks out at two and a half. Allen then now hits Euler with a big suplex 
from the top rope. I mentioned on Monday Night Raw, those top rope moves, I love them. You know what I mean? They look very dangerous, but just in execution-wise, it looks very great. Then the cameramans, they show Sting and Orange Cassidy having an interaction as they kick each other lightly, and Sting basically mimics Orange Cassidy. We keep it a stat. There are a lot of people that love Orange Cassidy. They love him. Me? I don't get it. That's really all I'm going to say. I don't hate the guy. I don't love the guy either. He's a great wrestler. But in terms of a character or gimmick, hey, at least he has a gimmick, right? I will say that about him. And he's over. I can't hate on that. And I won't hate on that. I won't be that type of wrestling fan that just hates somebody just to hate him. And I don't really have an explanation as to why I don't like that particular wrestler or the particular gimmick that they have. I understand it from Orange Cassidy's fans' perspective. They love this type of shit. They were popping with the Sting and Orange Cassidy interaction. That's cool. It's just not for me. But I understand it. So after we see Eula goes for the pin roll-up and Allen kicks out, Eula then takes down and Allen hits the coffin drop for the one, two, three. After the match, the Blade attacks Cassidy from behind and takes him out with the heavy right after using his brass knuckles. So the Blade and Cassidy look like they are in a mini feud, so to speak. Not really interested in that, but uh, we'll see what happens leading into the next couple weeks between Blade and Cassidy. Next up, my girl, Britt Baker. Britt Baker. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Killing the game right now in AEW. She went one-on-one with Nala Rose with Vicky Guerrero. This was for the AEW Women's Championship. I'm going to keep it, keep it real. I'm going to keep it 100. I'm going to keep it a stat. thought this match was pretty sloppy. I thought this match was pretty sloppy on both women's parts. Um, I feel, with the way I watch this match, you know, I watch it with a set of eyes that are different from other people in the community. You know, I pinpoint things like if they don't work together or if they have good chemistry or if they don't or something's off. Tonight, you know, I don't want to put everything on Nyla Rose. Britt Baker did okay. You know, she didn't blow me away. But I will say both women, I don't ever want to see them go one-on-one again. They have no chemistry. You know how you can tell right away from the bell ringing who has chemistry and who doesn't? These two immediately have no chemistry. You can tell. Period. That's just my opinion on that. The match was all right. That's it. It was all right. Nothing special whatsoever. So AEW ring announcer Justin Roberts is in the ring doing the introductions before the match begins. Dr. DMD Britt Baker and Nala Rose start up with the tie-up. However, Rose tosses Baker around with pretty much ease. Baker takes down Rose and then works on hooking her arms for the submission stretch hold the hold does nothing to rose and gets out of it as she is erased from it rose is backed up and slams baker 
within a race again and does it again for the good measure. Rose has Baker on the top rope as Rose heads up to the top turnbuckle. Rebel, who is ringside with Dr. Britt Baker, she grabs Baker by the leg and pulls her down, pretty much leaving the you know offense by Nala Rose. She stopped that immediately. So then she allows Breaker to slam Nyla Rose face first on top of the turnbuckle. We go to picture-in-picture commercial with Break with Baker in control. We come back from commercial break and Rose takes control almost immediately out of the gate. Rose goes for a cannonball into the corner but misses. Baker comes back at Rose and hits a swing blade. Have you guys had this opinion of Britt Baker's, you know, sling blade, sling blade, swing blade, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Seth Rollins does it. Finn Balor does it. They do it great. Britt Baker, something off about that move. I'm not sure. It looked nice tonight. Okay. It looked decent tonight. But when you do a move like that, that type of move. It needs to be crisp. It needs to be smooth. Like the Spanish fly needs to be a smooth jester move. So does the sling blade. That's just my opinion. Let me know what you guys think about that. Am I being too picky in terms of complaining about a move that Britt Baker does? Let me know. So towards the end of the match here, y'all, we see Baker goes for the pin, but Rose kicks out. Baker goes for the glove to Rebel. However, Rose is waiting for it as she sees it. She's paying attention. Rose take down Baker with Erase again. Uh, Nyla Rose goes for the pin, but Baker kicks out at two. Baker hits Rose with two curb stomps. Okay? She hits her with two curb stomps as Baker and goes for the pin. However, Nyla Rose kicks out. I have a problem with this. I have a big problem with this spot. That is a curb stomp move. That is a curb stomp move, right? Seth Rollins, when he used it, he would pretty much end his opponents. Britt Baker does it. Dr. Britt Baker. I'm sorry. She does it, and the opponent kicks out. Why? I don't like that. Again, I might be nitpicking there, but I just don't like when a big move is done, they kick out. I don't like that. I'm not for it at all. So, you know, that part I didn't like. Now the Rose kicked out. To me, that's a move that should end the match. It is what it is. Rebel gets up to distract the referee, and Baker does the Eddie Guerrero gimmick in which he tosses the belt to the opponent. However, Rose throws it back to Baker, and the referee catches her. Rose hits uh, the Nyla bomb and goes for the pin, and Baker kicks out. For another uh, two count. However, Baker counters it with the jaw lock and she wrenches in the move. Finally, Rose cannot handle it anymore as she immediately taps out. And Britt Baker beats Nyla Rose. This match, like I said, I thought it was decent. I don't want to shit on the women completely. Because the women's division has taken leaps and bounds. It's gotten better, you know, throughout the last couple years. But they still need work. They still need that one woman. 
Is Britt Baker that girl? I think she is that girl. But they need a little bit more star power. Now the Rose in the beginning was on fire. Right now, it just feels like they are not interested in building up Nyla Rose at all. Now, I feel like Nyla Rose is better. She's the better version of, you know, a big woman that is a great professional wrestler. She's better than Nia Jax. I'm telling you that right now. Name one opponent that Nyla Rose is injured. I'll name you a couple right now that Nia Jax is injured. We don't want to get in that conversation. Period. So, that's my thoughts on that. Decent match. Nothing really too special. Britt Baker retained. That was the right decision. Right call. Who does Britt Baker face next? We don't see. We'll find out. Does Tessa Blanchard come into AEW? Is Tessa Blanchard the opponent for Britt Baker? We don't know. Chris Statlander, is she the opponent for Britt Baker? How about Thunder Rosa? You know, Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker, in my opinion... They are a fight forever type of feud. That's just my opinion. Y'all might think different, and that's cool. But that's just my thoughts. So we get a press conference with FTR along with Santana and Ortiz to talk about their past and their match next for next week's AEW. So next we see Tony Schiavone is in the ring to interview Andrade El Idolo. As he introduces Chavo Guerrero Jr. as his new representative. <laughs> Bruh, this was awesome. The pop that Chavo Guerrero got was electric. It was awesome. I'm happy that Chavo Guerrero is in AEW. Vicky Guerrero just was not working out with Andrade El Idolo. She just wasn't working, y'all. Chavo Guerrero. This is perfect. So Chavo Guerrero comes out and says that he heard this is the place to be, quote unquote. Chavo says AEW has a ton of talent, but nobody is as talented as Andrade. That is a fact. Chavo. They are in... In reputant by Death Triangle. Pac said last week, he heard that you say our name. Pac says that they are here. Andrade cuts a promo in Spanish and Travel translates and says that they don't see any gold around his waist. And Andrade can help. Pac tells Andrade that Phoenix and Pentagon do not work for them and they are a team. Now, Penta and Phoenix and Andrade continue their conversation the death triangle walk to the ring and get on the canvas andrade and chavo get out of the ring and that's when we go to commercial break decent segment i loved it chavo guerra's here andrade el idolo you know he he wants to work with the death triangle he wants to work with pack he wants to work with phoenix and pentagon are we looking at a a faction led by Andrade El Idolo and Chavo Guerrero being the potential mouthpiece for this faction. I'm all ready for it, man. Tony Khan, I'm ready for it. Let's do it. Great stuff there. Next up, we see Alex Marvez as he is backstage 
for a segment with the the Nightmare Factory. And they say they will apologize to Tony Schiavone next week for pouring a steak over Tony's head. I guess. I don't know. Not interested in that. Next up. Next match we see is the Blade with the Bunny, the beautiful Bunny, versus Orange Cassidy. So Orange Cassidy's music goes off, and the crowd erupts big time. They pop for Orange Cassidy. Again, I don't get the character, but I understand it. So, but he does not come out from the entranceway. Instead, Cassidy is behind the Blade and attacks him immediately out of the gate. So Cassidy and the Blade exchange holds, and Cassidy sends the Blade to the corner. The Blade is acting like he is injured playing off that. The referee has Cassidy to the opposite corner, and the Blade uses the time for his advantage and then runs and hits Cassidy with the big running dropkick. Nice dropkick by the Blade, by the way. Really cool stuff. Cassidy recovers quickly. Excuse me. He recovers quickly. I apologize for that. And hits a slum dog millionaire. The blade is back up and almost right away and gets some shots in on Cassidy again. The blade has Cassidy in the corner and hits him with a gut wrench powerbomb. Cassidy falls out of the ring, but the blade continues the attack as we go to picture and picture commercial. We come back from commercial and Cassidy slams blade into the turnbuckle. The bunny gets on top of the ring apron and Chris Statlander is now there to stop her the action goes to the outside the blade hits cassidy with the corkscrew tombstone the blade goes for the pin but cassidy kicks out that's another problem that i have with AEW. they do a lot of this bullshit i can't stand this this is the rant i apologize but i i want to get this off my chest why the fuck does AEW do these power driver big spots but these type of moves don't end the match it's like you know, there's a difference between, like I mentioned on Raw, where we see combination strikes that lead to, you know, a decent amount of a power move, but it's not like sort of like a finishing move. You feel me? This type of shit, where they see a corkscrew tombstone, but the blade goes for the pen, but Cassidy kicks out. Why does he kick out there? That looks like a finishing maneuver. That was the same problem that I had personally with MJF and Sammy Guevara when we seen like a tombstone from the top turnbuckle. That's a finisher in my eyes. When I see a move like that, I'm thinking one, two, three. I'm not thinking one, two and a half and a kick out. Come on, man. That's ridiculous. I hate that shit that AEW does that. They do that a lot. They got to stop doing that, man. That's a negative for AEW right there, man. So after that pin, Cassidy kicks out. Cassidy hits. He comes back and hits a uh, a beach break. The bunny goes on the apron again and throws the brass knuckles to the blade. The blade goes to hit Cassidy, but Cassidy ducks and the blade completely misses. That was kind of embarrassing. And the way he, you know, kind of shoved it off a little bit looked ridiculous too. So Cassidy comes back. With the orange punch, Cassidy pins the blade and gets the one, two, three. After the match, Cassidy has the brass knuckles and hits the orange punch to, obviously, his opponent, the blade. I couldn't care. 
I don't care about this feud. Thing with Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander, it has potential, but I'm not really interested in it personally. Maybe I don't know much about Orange Cassidy. I don't know. And um, Chris Statlander, I want to make a point here. Not a big fan of her either. She's a great professional wrestler. The gimmick, I'm not fucking with the alien shit at all. I'm not. I'm just not. You know, same mentality where people were bitching and complaining about Alexa Bliss and this fiend gimmick. I can't support. I can't get into this alien gimmick. I can't. Now, the good thing is both Alexa Bliss and Chris Stanlander can wrestle. The thing is, they're with shitty gimmicks right now. You know what I mean? You have someone that took away a character from somebody else, the Fiend, and then you have Chris Stanlander, the alien. Come on, man. I, I can't do this where she touches someone's head and she hypnotizes somebody or, you know, gives them a weakness or something. Come on, man. I'm not for that. I'm just not a fan of it. That's just my thoughts. Now, after the match, Jericho says that the pain maker, Chris Jericho, will be fighting Nick Cage. So pretty much an alter ego. Is that what we're getting from Chris Jericho here, man? Gotta love it. Great stuff. After that, we see the AEW announcers go over next week's card and then make other announcements, including Tony Khan announcing another major event. Cody Rhodes will face Malachi Black on August 4th episode of Dynamite. Before we get to the main event, I have a problem with this. You can't save it for All Out? What are we doing here? Now, if memory serves me correct, you guys, is Cody Rhodes taking time off? Is this why this is happening? And is this why this is happening very quickly? Now, I get it. You know, Malachi Black, that's who we have to refer him to as. Malachi Black and Cody Rhodes have been feuding for a bit now. I get it. You know, the only thing that I kind of have an issue with is, is, is Cody Rhodes taking a break? I don't know this. You know, there are rumors that he's saying he's taking a break. But if that's true, then I understand why they're having this match. If he's not taking a break, I don't get it. But I think the rumors are true and he is taking a break. That's why they announced this match between Rhodes and Black on August 4th on an episode of Dynamite. And if that's the case, what happens with Black afterwards? Does he go right into the main event scene? You know, I think he's a main event player, no question. You got me fucked up. Of course he's a main event player. But that's Adam Page's time. That's his spot right now. Maybe Page faces uh, Miro. Maybe. We don't know. We'll see what happens. Maybe Black, uh, uh, Black gets into a feud with Andrade El Idolo and the, um, the triangle, the death triangle. We don't know. We'll see. That's just pure speculation on my behalf. So, main event. This match was absolutely insane. Insane stuff. So, the Texas death match. This is for the IWGP United States Championship. Lance Archer with Jake the Snake Roberts going one-on-one with one of the best in the business right now. And John Moxley. John Moxley is a big deal. This guy comes out. This guy's getting like John Cena 
type of reactions. He's getting that baby face reaction, that baby face love. And as a fan, you got to love it. Simple. Now, this match was insane. Okay? I have all my notes here. We're going to go note from note here. So stay with me. I would really appreciate it. So the match begins right away once Lance Archer gets in the ring. He goes right after Moxley. Archer is getting the upper hand right away. Moxley hits Archer with a shoulder tackle. The fight goes into the crowd. Then Archer picks up a fan and throws the person from the crowd at Moxley. What? Yeah. That was insane. I still can't believe that happened. Like, Archer literally picked up this dude and threw him at Moxley. Insane stuff. Couldn't believe that. So, the fight goes back in the ring, and they go at almost, again, right away. Moxley hits Archer with a paradigm shift on the outside, on the concrete. That looked insanely nasty. So, Archer is immediately busted open, and the blood is going right down his face. That looked nasty. Gruesome. But I love it. Moxley has a fork and begins to stab Archer with it. Like I said, y'all, this was some gruesome, gruesome shit. Now, this wasn't some CCW shit. You know, CCW is on another gangster level. That's some thick level shit. But this was extreme as shit. This was extreme. So we head to the last and final pitcher-in-pitcher commercial break with Moxley in complete control. Moxley sets up tables. During the break, as Archer sits in the ring with the uh, pretty much bloodied mask, as they call it on the commentary, a crimson mask. Moxley is now throwing chairs into the ring. Archer is back up and gets some punches in on Moxley. However, Mox has the fork and starts attacking Archer with it with some more shots. Finally, Moxley has a steel chair with Archer's leg in the middle. I'm thinking to myself, this looks gruesome with what's about to happen. Moxley jumps from the turnbuckle and onto the ankle of Archer, injuring his ankle. Um, Archer gets up, and he nails Moxley with the trash can lid. Archer's a fucking beast. What a a beast, man. The fight continues, and Moxley begins to bite the forehead of uh, Archer. Now, at this point, it looks like John Moxley is trying everything humanly possible in the can to defeat Lance Archer. So Archer gets his gets hit, excuse me, with a German suplex, but is right back up and hits Moxley with the trash can. Those trash cans are nasty. Those lids sound disgusting. So it, it sounds, you know, insane. It's so loud, but you know, it's it's a soft little lid. You know what I mean? It's supposed to sound like that. That's what they make it seem like. So Lancer now sets up the two chairs. And Archer throws Moxley onto them. Moxley is up again. And Archer gets taken out with a big clothesline. We see Moxley then knocks him down again for good measure. Towards the end of the contest, we see Archer sits up and flips the bird at Moxley. Defining Moxley there. You gotta love it. Pretty much reminiscing of, you know, Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 26 where Undertaker was telling Moxley to stay down, stay down, whatever the fuck. And um, Shawn Michaels slapped the shit, slapped the taste out of The Undertaker's mouth. And we know what happened after that. Moxley comes at Archer and uses the fork once again. Moxley sets up with two tables with barbed wire on them 
outside of the ring. John Moxley and Bob Wire, yeah, good good relationship, right? So we see Archer counters Moxley's attack and slams Moxley onto the top of the Bob Wire. The referee begins to count, and that looked sick. So, and then the referee calls for the bell as we have a new IWGP champion, Lance Archer. As the show goes off the air and New Japan Pro Wrestling's Higori Yolti gets in the ring and has a stare down with Lance Archer as we go off the air. And it looks like New Japan's Hiroi is going to be facing Lance Archer for the IWGP United States Championship as that was announced formally by New Japan Pro Wrestling. This was a good show tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Good show of AEW Dynamite. Very good stuff. You know, the show flowed well. You know, there were some things I, like I said, I was complaining about. Other than that, nothing really to harp on about, man. Really isn't. This is going to go under 50 minutes. I'm just letting you guys know right now. And um, good job on AEW's behalf. The big rumors are still swirling. And um, Andrade, he looks like he's getting some partners, man, with Pentagon and Phoenix. Are we going to see that, you know, faction come to fruition? That should be interesting. After Nala Rose loses, who's next to challenge Dr. Britt Baker? We don't know. And um, Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, their feud is continuing. Those fans really want Adam Page to beat Kenny Omega badly. think it might happen at All Out. We're going to have to wait and see. Cody Rhodes, Matakai Black, August 5th is official. For an episode of AEW. So that should be interesting. AEW's on a high, man. AEW had another good show. They're being consistent. They're being creative. They are trusting their wrestlers to go out and kill it. Tony Khan is giving their wrestlers some leverage here. And it's an overall good show. Chris Jericho. And, um, you know, he has to go through the centipedes. You know what I mean? He has to go through some stages. Tonight, he faced... um, He faced off against... I can't remember the dude's name. Sean Spears. I'm sorry. Sean Spears. He faced off against him. He beat him tonight. But next week, he's got the psychotic, the psycho motherfucker, Nick Cage, in a no DQ match. That should be pretty exciting. That is your full-length, in-depth review and analysis for AEW Dynamite Fighter Fest Night 2. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you guys enjoyed the show tonight. I hope you guys also enjoyed the podcast and what I talked about on tonight's show and my views and opinions. And like I said, we all have different opinions at the end of the day. But at the end of the day, y'all, we all are professional wrestling fans. And tonight, not during this show, but in the news, solidified that we're all wrestling fans, man. This is some great stuff. AEW ain't playing, man. They come in balls to the wall. Hey, Stanford, Connecticut, lace up them boots. Get ready. Because AEW ain't fucking around. They in business. Pay attention. Get ready, Vince. Tony Khan, you coming. It's the Credit King. I'm signing off. That's a wrap. I'll see y'all next time. Tomorrow for Hot Topics, number 39, right here on Keep It Real 365.